My face currently feels like I've been run through by Tom Stewart. Puts it to the top of the square. Oh, beautiful little fist in there by Dale. Crucial centimetre moments. He definitely has a bit of the, uh, the Belcho spirit. <laughs> um, as I, I have a bit of the Belcho spirit. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. St Kilda's on the top, Geelong's on the bottom. We throw our arms out, but that'd be Descent. It would uh, be. Um, and look, I I can't even pretend to be shocked. So like when it's Descent, it's usually because the umpire decision was incorrect, but we all knew St Kilda would be on the top and Geelong <laughs> would be on the bottom. Like I don't know who didn't think that'd be the case, especially looking at the fixturing and injuries. Everyone saw St Kilda cruising at this point. <laughs> it's really frustrating for me because I saw Ross Lyon coming in in 2023 and I was like, how is his coaching style going to stack up in modern football? And he just doesn't seem to be able to put a foot wrong. Apparently, it's just get your players to buy in completely and tackle 24-7. Remind them that they don't have to get peer pressured into drinking by their friends. Um, <laughs> genuinely, an article I read today. Apparently, that's a big part of the problem with the culture at Secure over the last few years is that after games, boys would just get bullied into drinking with the rest of the group, even the ones that didn't want to. What? Yeah, I, that was a Matthew Lloyd... Uh, thing he was talking about because he did some of their forward kicking coaching remember which they I'll, wouldn't let him do last year I'll have to look into that because that's really interesting let him because you would if Matthew Lloyd offered to teach your forwards how to kick is that is that why I've seen a lot of players picking up grass and throwing it, it this be. last round yeah, who knows mm. but anyway um, we are recording this for the second time because we are. my computer failed so we're going to give you a different version of the votes this week in more of the uh, coaches votes totals format and you can try and figure out <laughs> who gave which votes to who yeah, we're until not... you just see it uh, later in the week if I post it oh, online. I was going to say, I'm not telling. Okay, secrets. <laughs> um, um, do you want to hit first and we'll go one by... Uh, I'll go first because I didn't vote for your one. <laughs> so, um, starting off, Nathan Murphy. Nathan Murphy with two. Collingwood, he's got two votes uh, collectively. Um, Jack summed it up pretty well. The stats uh, <laughs> are not going to paint a good picture for Nathan yeah, Murphy. It doesn't read out as well as his game was. Like He had ten touches. Um, six of them were contested, which is huge, but... Mm. Um, I feel like most of those nine spoils and 11 pressure acts he had came in the last quarter. It's the, it's the um, one percenters, right, when it, when, when it mattered. Richmond looked like they might try and win that game, and he just kind of told them to piss off. Um, yeah. And I think you said when we recorded this the first time that you, you said that better than Frampton was your note, um, mm-hmm. and it was weird to me that Frampton got all the attention. The coaches' votes for this game were my favourite I've ever seen. Uh, both coaches said to go, he was best on ground, and then completely disagreed on the other four. Yep. Um, so one coach thought Frampton was worthy of votes, one thought Murphy was worthy of votes. Whichever one said it was Murphy and not Frampton, I agree with, <laughs> and I really hope it's McRae. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Murphy has been a secret, part of the secret source of Collingwood in the last year and a bit. Um, he has seamlessly entered that back line and been great pretty much from day dot. He and Petty were the two players last year I thought were earning nowhere near enough plaudits for the roles they were playing mm. um, alongside Stars, which I think is the problem. Yeah. Um, and he's just looks like he's another level better at the moment. Um, I'm a big yep. fan of Murphy. So, Same. Uh, I hope that he's not what they try and fix their ruck issues with. Uh, no, it looks be... like it's going to be Frampton and McStay. Frampton makes more sense to me. Oh, 50-50. Um, because at least he's played a forward and roaming role. Yeah. Um, whereas Murphy's a backman. And Moore is a backman. That's the, the funniest one I've seen suggested. To use your generational talent and captain uh, as... No ruckman. one's saying that, are they? Oh, there's been, yeah, there's Robert been Walls, talk. put him in the ruck. <laughs> <laughs> he would have picked St Kilda top to long bottom. He would have. No, yeah. He would have picked Geelong yeah. tops and killed a bottom 100%. He, he does not break from <laughs> far out. Um, so, 
Uh, next up was the other two, which was Lockie Weller. Yeah. Uh, who was probably best on ground in that game. It was given to... Oh, I think it was given to Anderson. No, Lukosius, sorry, with his five yeah, goals. Yeah, probably would have been. Um, but I just thought that Weller set them up so well. He provided that outside run that's beaten Geelong in the first three games. Mm. Um, they just don't seem to have the legs to do what they were doing last year, which was a, a running mall, really. And Definitely if they a can't, bit one-paced. If they can't gang up on you, basically, you're able to get that outside ball at the moment. And Weller was a big reason they were able to do that. He turned Geelong's inside 50s into Gold Coast attacks, and they looked so much better going forward than Geelong did all game. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's been very, very silky and looks quite good returning from injury. So yeah, he could uh, be a, a dangerous weapon for Gold Coast, who are hopefully going to start their season uh, now. Yeah, after their first two weeks, um, I think that, you know, we, we saw no Charlie Collins ball last year for Gold Coast, which I think surprised some people who only look at stats. Yep. Um, and I think we might be returning to that now that Weller seems to be back to form. They played mm. one game together and then Constable's out. Um, Weller just showed what you need to be on that back flank. He had 29 touches at 80 and... Five of them were score involvements from the back 50. Like, that's just insane. I think if Constable um, could clear up his disposal a little, he is a bit slower than Weller, um, but I think there's potential there for him. But, yeah, I think Weller is the uh, the right go Weller's for the Weller's one of those being. players that you look at, like Rich or Duncan or mm-hmm. those kinds of players who just hit a target out of the back line that yeah. really makes all that difference. Um, whereas that's exactly the problem with Constable. He'll get the ball, he'll be in the right spot, but that kick will either take an extra second to get there or you know just be off target and it makes a massive difference to your game. Um so that leaves me voting, voting, <laughs> giving out the votes for uh, James Sicily, who scored three collectively. Uh, is a gun. We've we've talked about him pretty much every week on this podcast since Sicily it began. Sicily was also two, wasn't he? Sicily was two also. Yeah. Oh, two. Sorry, so I've given three, him an extra vote. I'm so professional. Three two. So Sicily had two. Um, I've also spelt his name Sicilili. Sicilili. <laughs> That's a BT <laughs> moment right there. Um, yeah, Sicily. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. He's He's a general. Uh, if I quickly run through the stats, he had 18 marks, which was, as Jack said, a career it's high. Insane. 18 uh, marks is baffling. Yeah, it's it's uh, next level. Uh, four one percenter, four rebounds, 82%. He's a general down there. Supported uh, really well by Jaff, yep. who, thank goodness, he's back to form because they, they were so exciting to watch last year. And a big part of why Hawthorne played some really exciting games mm-hmm. at the start of last year before Jaff went down Um as much as I do miss uh, absolute prick Sicily, which was always fun to watch. Like oh, the, it was good. You know, following players down the ground after a high five after he's kicked a goal as their direct opponent at full back and things like that. Um, he's matured into a really good leader at that club. And I think is a good leader of a young team. Um, yeah. Because he's got that energy, but he's also, you know, grown into a, a very stable footballer. It'll be very interesting to see how he goes next week uh, against Geelong. Does he sit on Hawkins and try in general, or does he have to play on the very, very dangerous Cameron? Yeah, it's going to be hard because we saw against Sydney that they tried to do it the other way around, and then Jaff started getting torn yeah. apart by um, Amadi, so they had to make the swap over, and it really slowed his game think down. So anyway, Jaff can play I, on you, Hawkins. Yeah, I, so it's a it's a tough one because then if Cameron gets off the chain, what do you do? Yeah, um, it, it'll do be they interesting. Bring, Granger Brass back in to try and put a bit more height back there. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it is, it is interesting because Sicily is a much better footballer when he's able to play as the third mm. man up rather than a direct opponent. But uh, credit to Sicily. I think he'll make the best of it. So uh, we'll, uh, I'm excited to see that, actually. Yeah, no, I think it'll be good. And Easter Monday usually entertains um, in some way or another. Uh, yeah. The next up, is this our... Are we up to six votes? Uh, no, seven. Seven? For Nicholas Newman. 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 I couldn't believe that when I read it on the coaches' votes. He's even listed on like the AFL website and everything is just Nick, NIC. Yeah. 
Nicholas. I've never read him as Nicholas didn't Newman even know anywhere. It was Nicholas. I just assumed he was Nick. Like it was just a didn't go the full one. <laughs> um, destroyed Toby Green. Like yeah. Incre- I've never seen a called by commentators to touches ratio so <laughs> wide in a game um, because Green really, to his credit, tried to mm-hmm. get into that game and Newman just smothered him. Like yeah. It was the ultimate tagging role, but in the in the back line. Uh, unfortunately, Nick Newman has been a bit of a whipping boy amongst Carlton fans for a while, uh, which I think is totally unfair. Um, I think he's very easily best 22 there. And I mean, the stats and what he did to Toby Green really show his potential. I know he's... 30 this year yeah. I think um, but yeah. I, th- I think he was a big big part of what went right for Carlton last year for yeah. a lot of it um, he was a really good trade I think in the end yeah. um, unfortunately I, I had he to miss a season with ACL but in, in what was a, an ebb and flowy and, and in some parts grubby game um, he was really unheralded against Geelong as well I think he played a really good game yeah. two weeks in a row um, and I think he didn't get much talk but then obviously playing pretty much the same level of impact on the game while also stopping someone as good as Toby Green really brought him to everyone's attention this week. He's definitely um, important in that back line where they've got a lot of rebounds, they've got a lot of keys, but they don't really have that lockdown small defender, and he takes that pretty yeah. much every week. Yeah, and like uh, three contested one-on-ones with close to the best marking small in the comp, especially while Waitman's not playing. Yeah. Um, is, that's an incredible um, thing to be able to pull off. Uh, and then For just to sure. also be able to rock off some score launches and have 24 touches at the same time. Awesome game. It's good stuff. So my choice here is well not choice really it's collective uh harris andrews <laughs> gets eight votes With collectively eight uh we will never reveal what he got for being <laughs> outside of dunkley really the only brisbane player that looked like playing a whole game of football yeah um dunkley too. was Keep probably Gunston. personal uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh out against the bulldog because there was clearly not much love lost between those two teams after that trade um bevo said some crap in the media dunkley said some crap in the media just flinging crowd. It was funny to see the GPS stats after the game when Dunkley was like, oh, you know, we just run so much more at Brisbane in the preseason. Like, it's just a more professional outfit. And then there was like 30Ks more covered by the Bulldogs in that yeah. game. What um, a spite. Um, and it's funny because not all players who change clubs get that, but Dunkley's had it yeah. since the moment he left. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, like, the, the comments immediately, like, don't let the door kick you on the way out from fans. Like, he, he won a best and fairest for them and they would not have made finals at him last year. Like, no. He's been a good servant to that football club. Um, um, but we're not talking about him. We're talking about Harris Andrews. We are. Now, if you said to Harris Andrews, you've taken 16 marks and you come off the second best in the league that week, that's a bit rough. But he had 16 marks, six intercepts, 21 disposals. Um, uh, yeah, 90. Um, 10 1% as well. Don't don't discount those. Um, he had a great game. And uh, he has been good uh, for the majority of this he, year so far. He'd be All-Australian right now. If I'd say it. so. Um, yeah. And it's we, we talked early last year about him having a bit of a lull there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't even in stats, it was in impact. Um, I think this year he's really come out of that. It's just a shame that the team doesn't seem to have come with him. Um, they would not... Looking at the fixtures they had, they'd be shocked to see themselves sitting 2-1. and one. Um, 1 and 2. What, yeah, 1-2, sorry. Um, especially considering you know the, the game they won was probably the one that they would have mm-hmm. put in the 50-50. And yeah. the other two they would have penciled in as wins before the season started. So... Um, interesting to see where they're going because both the losses have been bad and outside of Brisbane. So work, work to be done. Where they're not going to play in the second half. Uh, yeah. Work to be done for sure. So the next is nine. Nine. Yeah. To Callum Wilkie. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of our votes. I've not missed anyone. No. No. Uh, Callum Wilkie with nine. Uh, we talked about him a lot last year, um, but St Kilda had their struggles, and a lot of the time his. Ability to get frustrated let him down in games. <laughs> um, I think that 
Ross Lyons really leveled that team out a bit, as we already said. Um, he seems to have put some control over that group and some some level of um, security uh, in there. And Wilkie's playing like I've never seen him play before. So that's three really good games from him as well. Yeah. Um, he had 19 at 90 as well. 11 of those were intercepts. 13 marks as well. Like just some some huge games from Keys this week. Um, not Ben Keys, uh, who I. Didn't notice in the showdown, actually, now mm. that I say it. They've been playing him too much forward. Um, but yeah, Wilkie was great. Um, he's one of my favourites. I really like watching him play. I really enjoyed his little uh, dig at Essendon in the presser before the game, saying that I'd rather played Collingwood. A bit of side-eye stuff. And and now they are playing Collingwood. Um, if they win this week and Collingwood win this week, they'll be playing both undefeated 4-0 in Adelaide on a Sunday afternoon, which just seems so strange. It's going to be a weird one, um, but I'm excited for it because if if Ross Lyon can knock off oh, the Saints would, and go five and zero, it would be oof. nuts. Knock off like, the Saints, knock off the Pies. pies. It would be nuts to see your Collingwood go from like obviously roaring premiership favourites, especially now mm. um, that the other results this weekend went the way they did. Um, seeing Geelong lose, seeing um, Melbourne lose, yeah, lose badly, fifty points to yeah. Sydney. Um, it's really, really the other way around. Huh. Melbourne beat Sydney by 50 points. You're right, sorry. Sydney, yeah. Sydney, Sydney. Oh, yeah, Sydney going from off. being, yeah, yeah. who we thought were, yeah, up there. You can't do your research, Jack. God. You're so right. <laughs> um, sorry, yeah, Sydney, who were, you know, probably close to equal favourites with yep. Collingwood going in. I think it was very clear one and two. Pumped mm-hmm. at the MCG by Melbourne. And that's uh, their who weakness. came off a really bad loss the week before. So. Uh, well done to Melbourne for fighting back. Uh, Stephen May, I'll give a special mention while we talk about Melbourne, um, was good, uh, as he always is. But Dishonourable mention to Harrison Petty for going forward. Yeah, don't like that. I picked um, that in the preseason. You, did, you called it. Uh, I'm not here for it. Uh, I already said that he was really good for them last year down back. Mm. He's a big part of it, but I'm walking your fault. They stormed away with that game in the end. Oliver yep. is a beast. He's... Um, on fire. That's three of the... Uh, LDU was leading it last week. Now yeah. Oliver's jumped in. Like he's, yeah. he's, If the Brownlee was called, now it's Oliver's. Yep. Um, uh, but he started two, three before, games. I think, is the problem. Um, yeah. Whether he can maintain that fire all year uh, will, will remain to be seen. But he, he normally plays well. It's just whether he keeps this dominance up. Um, yeah, if he keeps getting 30 and 2, like... It must be so nice just having the second best ruck to replace the best ruck in the comp. He played well too. Um, and he did. He was really good. Um, um, but again, we're not talking about Melbourne. We're talking about Wilkie. Gallon Wilkie. So often. Uh, 14 marks, 21 disposals, 4 rebound 50s, 85% efficiency, 71 percenters and 5 intercepts to go with it. Uh, played a great game. Has played three really great games uh, and is very unheralded. Ro- no Ro- one's talking about him. Growing into a real, real leader at that club yep. um, while all the players are out. Uh, they're just an exciting team to watch mm. St Kilda um, that, actually that game will go up there as one of the enjoyable games of the weekend we said, there weren't many the showdown was one yeah. but that was another that was a, a good game of footy always um, good CS and lose right it's, it's yeah <laughs> satisfying um, uh. but yeah I think that it was you know the comeback was good Essendon were never that far off they really pushed back at St Kilda um, after they really kicked into gear and St Kilda just had an extra gear to go to so which shows that St Kilda might actually be a threat like when you see those teams able to do it um, you know, when they're looking a bit off, the other team's storming back and they just kind of clunk up and take away. Um, that's a, a good sign for them. It'll, so. be, it'll be whether or not the energy can stay up. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, so I'll just go into a few quick honourable mm. mentions. Absolutely. I've got a couple written down. Uh, I've got Tom Stewart as an honourable mention. So do I. Um, and it was it was the one that I was looking at. I was like, I don't know how I can't give him a vote. because Easy. One, 
he turned over the ball a lot. Well, he can't have because he had 93% disposal efficiency. Does a kick along the ground count? Because It was goes one... directly to a pl- your, your teammate. It's <sighs> effect- effective. If it doesn't, it's not. I don't know what was happening when I watched that game. He was kicking I, along I the ground yeah. to other players I, I on the other teams. Looks, and we did this last year. Do you remember the first like yeah. five weeks of last year? Yeah. We were like, how is everyone talking about Stuart the way they are? And then by the end of the year, I was like... Never mind. And then the second reason he can't get a vote is because he started playing wing. And they pushed Ollie like Henry back, which wing. was possibly they, one of the strangest some... things in the world. When I was watching that, there was one point there was a ball up inside 50, defensive 50. Mm. And Myers, Rowan, and Stengel were all there. And I was like, this is a bad Did sign. Did you see uh, that spoil Ollie Henry went for? And he just missed the ball entirely. And the forward. <laughs> Put that man back in the forward line and get Tom least, Stewart behind the at ball. At least Rowan's proven that like, when they need to throw him behind the ball, he's serviceable back there in terms yeah, he, of the fact that his speed and spoiling is okay. I'd rather put him there than Henry, like every time, right? Like, what a was, weird sub it, too. It was, it was very strange. Um, I'm if you're going playing Rowan, you're playing him from the start. Also give an honourable mention to Sam Collins, yes, whose intercept too. game was really good. But again, I feel like I can't give anyone votes if they're playing on Hawking at the moment because he's just there. Um, yep. Uh, another honourable mention I'm giving to Liam Stocker uh, okay, for the Saints. Yeah. He, he started this season really well. When the game was on the line, he was very important uh, coming off halfback. Seems and like he might have passed a fitness test or two as well. Maybe, maybe. Um, um, and lastly would be Mitch McGovern, who really supported Nick Newman. Yep. Um, laid some ripping tackles, threw his arms out, didn't give away a free kick, so obviously he's got some skill. I've got two that you don't have. Okay. Um, both were reasonably low disposal games that I thought were really impactful on the game. Yep. Uh, the first was Alir Alir. Yeah, I um, totally understand. Seven tackles as a key defender um, to go along with his ten disposals and eight spoils. Uh, he was great. And Brennan Cox, who I also thought, again, low disposal game, but he just seemed to be, every time West Coast were charging like in that third quarter at the end of it when they were really pushing home. I think he got caught he out a lot early, which is why way. my brain didn't think about him, but he um, did definitely turn Ended up having around. 11 spoils and three score involvements from only eight disposals, um, and five of those eight were rebounds. So really good game from him, but take that for a game with a grain of salt, I think, for the fact that West Coast had, like we've heard, no one on the bench and possibly two players injured on the ground. I love that bit from Adam Simpson where he said, I turned around to talk to some of the players on the bench and there weren't any. <laughs> so that's rough. Yeah, I heard his, apparently his three-quarter time speech was, um, all right, boys, you remember in junior footy how you never wanted to come off the ground and go onto the bench? Good news. That's the last quarter today. None of you are coming off. Um, that's just brutal. Like Liam Ryan fell over uh, twice after trying to kick the football because the, his non-kicking leg was so ruined and bandaged that he couldn't support his body weight on it and he was still out there playing a high forward role mm. um credit to west coast for fighting through that game the way they did they it was miraculous they were still in it it would have been an all-timer if they'd won oh it would have been insane but obviously freya finally found their yeah. legs and, and kicked away i think darcy was impressive but against an up-and-comer ruckman and darcy's a monster of a man it was it was really interesting to see some of the times darcy was just completely unopposed in the forward line and in the middle. Yeah, and they um, weren't they weren't hitting it to him. It was obviously I was at that game um, on the weekend. And there was a few times I just saw him clear, and I'm like, no one's hitting him. He's the biggest man just yeah. about in the comp, let alone the game. And uh, I feel like I like Bailey Williams. You know, I'm a fan of Bailey yeah. Williams. Uh, it wasn't his greatest game, but I know he's better than that. So I'll give him. Well, the he he rucked all but four contests yeah. for West Coast that game, and they were taken by Waterman, who is not tall enough to be. Taken that was those. those those ones where Waterman in he couldn't be in them because Darcy was just. 
Yeah. Punch so them over the top. It, it was unfair. We, we were counting them, mm. um, the the people I was there with, like when someone else going to take one of these rucks. None of them in the first quarter. Well, like, that's up to 12 centre bounces and a few around the ground and he took all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, West I had Coast to feel fans for him. Say what you want about him, but he he's not he's not without effort. Really fought it out in that game. Freo got to rotate Darcy and Jackson for yeah. fun. Jackson was playing midfield and ruck. Yeah, um, he played like the Jackson we saw last year. Weird for people to judge a twenty-one-year-old on two games. Um, <sighs> Depends on what you're judging on them. Because yeah. we're very obviously judging Jason Horn Francis for not putting well, any yeah, effort, effort in. I don't think Jackson was a lack of effort. They no. were playing him as a full-time forward yeah. and couldn't get the ball in there. Um, it was the same as the Fife judgment. I think was. Yeah. Bizarre. Now he's. Um, I think that's Caleb's. probably three of Caleb Sarong's best five games have come in derbies now. He knows uh, when to pull them out. He loves a derby. That's his second medal. Uh, Alternatively, Andrew Brayshaw shows up for every game of the season except the derby. Weird. Is he, <laughs> is he just is he watching out for Andrew Gaff at all times? Like I <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, he got booed. So it was a Frio crowd. It was the most yeah. purple I've seen Optus ever, and that's even for Geelong games. It was wild for a derby that it was that purple, but. The booing gaff got the like, total 12 times. He touched the football was immense. It was almost as loud as Albo getting booed. Footy fans, um, don't forget. Uh, and it was no, one of the most dog don't, acts don't punch in a, a while. 18 year old yeah. um, that hard in the jaw that he needs staples and a plate. I, it's a pretty simple one, I think. Yeah. Um, we talked about footy acts um, and whether some of those bumps are footy acts. That's, not, that, that's the furthest thing from a footy act you can possibly have. I'd, I'd say so. But I mean,. Well, Andrew Gaff, I, I, that's going to stay I, with him for his entire yeah, life. He'll I'm think about it all the time. Well past it. He served his punishment. He missed a flag. Like That's the biggest yeah. punishment as a footballer you can possibly have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he copped it. So, um, yeah, I think he's done his time. I, I, Freer fans, feel free to obviously keep going. But oh, I think for everyone else, who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not getting up in arms about it. Um, yeah, I, Horn France is an interesting one because with Port, not just him, is it? Like, what's going on? Now? They had a really great win in round one against Brisbane. He looked great as well. He was probably Butter, best on ground. Butters in that hasn't game. really been cited since round um, one. And for the first half on the weekend, it looked like they were back to that kind of form. Adelaide looked like they were almost matching them, but couldn't. And then it just petered off, and Adelaide ran away with that game in the end. Um, I don't want to be like your typical Fox Footy commentator slash special comments person, but there's something rotten with. Ken Hinckley and the way that whole Sometimes club something's is got to change, doesn't yeah. it? Um, I think the Kosh Kinkley combination has <laughs> been Kinkley. Kinkley. <laughs> the Kosh and Hinkley combination. The Kosh Kinkley combination. Um, you sent me. <laughs> has been there for so long. It's t- it, and it, has bought them nothing. They haven't even made a flag oh. in that time. They've, they've made prelims, usually straight sets, or quite often only making a qualifying and missing. So. I'm not, I'm not even saying that they need to sack him, but they need to change something. something. They need to restructure some things or look into something, uh, anything that they can do. Because players just not putting in effort is not on. Yeah. And two I, years ago, I would have said Zach, uh, Zach Butters is one of the hardest people in the entire game. He doesn't look soft now, but he doesn't of, look like he tries. Yeah, a lot of walking, I think, from Port in that game. And I, and I think that uh, there's also a point where... If you wanted to, you could get footage of every player in the comp walking. They, However, yeah. there's not just footage of Horn Francis walking. Like, we watched that game. It's a compilation. There points, yeah, <laughs> but there's points where I was like, is that Horn Francis? Oh, no, that's Miller Bergman. That over there is Horn Francis just wandering down the middle of the ground 30 metres off the play. Like, his level has dropped. And look, there's also a part of me that understands that an 18, 19-year-old 
has copped way too much. Yeah. No, I agree with uh, that. From all corners. Like, he, he didn't deserve what he got when he was at North. Kane Corns only made it worse by being too vocally in support of him and getting him to port. Um, and it's been even louder since he got there. Like, the fact that Collingwood decided to take it upon themselves to boo him as well just because they hate port was bizarre. Like, they were not even involved in any of that. It worked. Um, yeah, oh, it did. But, like, that's that's a child. Like, again, it's one of those situations where yeah. we're forcing a lot of pressure on someone who, if they were not a footballer, would not have even finished university yet. Yeah. So I, I feel hard for him in that sense. But also, um, he's tried to talk the talk a few times, which makes you look a bit silly as well. Uh, so one thing I do want to talk about briefly, have you seen <laughs> the articles that have been coming out about Jeremy Cameron's comments? Oh, yeah, but... <laughs> I, here's the thing, right? It's a joke. Yeah, one, it's clearly a joke. <laughs> Two, joke. if anyone at Geelong isn't suffering from a premiership hangover, it's, it's the Cameron. man trying to drag them across the line. I don't know who it was. It was tongue-in-cheek on a podcast. Oh, so, someone in the media, I don't know if it was Barrett or if it was Corns, but someone said, you might be able to get away with that if you're Jeremy Cameron, but if you're Tom Atkins, are you able to go to yeah, Maccas and it, front up it like was, this? I saw that. They, they, um, called, they, they singled out a couple of players, and I was like, Tom Atkins is the most professional footballer. <laughs> like the most Eddie Betts at, at referred the club. to him as a true leader Yeah, he is recently. the most professional footballer at that club. And there's another one he mentioned, and I was like, I feel like you've really roughhoused a couple of players there for no reason. No reason. Cameron's a dickhead. This is the man who put his premiership medal on a cow and lost it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> he got home drunk and put it on his cow in his paddock, and it ran off, and he had to chase it with a torch for like a couple of hours with his mates. Like, Good thing he didn't pull a hammy. This is not a man who should be being taken seriously at any point. <laughs> Most of the boys weren't partying with Cameron. They were in Ireland watching Mark O'Connor compete in a professional sport. Yeah. Like... Ah, uh, it's so funny. I, I When I read those comments, I just... I there, was just like, there whatever. clearly is something a bit off. And, like, the, I think the question, what Damien Barrett said about players being satisfied... Yeah. ...can be true. Because a lot of these players, it was that point for them. You look at... Uh, Cameron, obviously, it hasn't shown it, but... Tui. I look at a Tui or a Guthrie. Um, Guthrie obviously missed out in 2011 after playing a lot of that season, and he's finally got his. Tui's been fighting for one of these for a long time. Um, even Hawkins finally completing that trifecta. Like I don't get... Like, I These players are so driven. Like, AFL players are another level of human being, obviously. But I, I wouldn't be as motivated now. Like, you've reached the pinnacle. Like, you've done what... 400 people try and do every year. There is something to be said about that, but then there's also the people who could make uh, history and careers out of mm. themselves, like your Myers oh, absolutely. or your Closes and or Myers even has been, Stengel. Myers has been really good. Um, um, close, not so much. Close and Stengel, Stengel have a lot barely wider. been cited. Um, um, yeah, Myers to that level um, has been probably the best I've seen him start a season Yeah, ever. he's been playing well, but um, those those are the players you expect to be taking themselves to that next level. Max Holmes yeah, as well, and I do who missed if, out. If but Geelong's, he hasn't been the same either. Geelong's method of um, letting them take that bit of extra time off might be coming back to bite them because they could, they've combined having the extra time off that most teams get after a flag with their late preseason. Yeah. And they might have just left themselves underprepared for a football season. Um, and that's probably a combination of people's faults. But it's like, really showing at the moment. I feel like of people, Chris Scott has done it before. He's had a premiership with this club and should know what's required to front up the next year. I, I um, But while that's said, he's had to completely change his personality and coaching style since then. That is um, true. Because of grievances players were having at the time and obviously completely changed that. He's much loved at the club now. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe he's gone too far the other way with 
you burned this party up. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I think that the fitness is a huge issue because in all three games, Geelong were either in front or level at three quarter time. Uh, and Carlton, they came back again at the end, but Collingwood and Gold Coast just kicked away. So they can't run out of game at the moment. Uh, no. The only person who can is Jeremy Cameron, who's yeah. kicked last quarter goals in Who all is the, games. the one keeping them in? Yeah. Uh, three so, goals in that last quarter against Carlton. Um, and they were all ridiculous. Yeah. If he so, misses all of those, there was no shot. That, no that's shot. exactly it. So fitness is, I think, the main problem currently. Yeah. Um, and whether they can regain that with the age of that group, which is maybe finally becoming the issue that people have said it was for three years. Um, but people also are so quick to bandwagon. There's a thread on Big Footy, but they're all celebrating the downfall. I'd be wary of that. I think, oh, absolutely. <laughs> if any team has shown us that they can bounce back. About, um, Richmond in 20... Uh, I know they didn't make the flag that year. They got beaten by Mason Cox. 2019? But, oh, 2018. Richmond 2018, who started off yeah, the season, yeah, yeah, really sorry. average. Copped a couple of 10-goal losses in the first five weeks, and everyone was like, oh, you know, they've won the one flag, and off they go. And then they finished top of the are they, <laughs> I think that. Remember that year Sydney lost their first, first six, games six games and still made finals? Yeah, like Right off a team that constantly makes finals at your own peril, I at, think. That being said, that is one of three examples in the oh, past yeah, 20 yeah. years where they've made um, finals but like, from zero Geelong, to three. Geelong do look bad, admittedly. It's, it's, I said after it was probably the worst game I've seen them play in my memory because um, it's been a while um, since I've seen them play that bad to that I wouldn't remember the game. Yeah. Uh, but like they are the kind of team that, much like your Richmonds and your Sydneys and even your Collingwoods barring that one year fight back into seasons mm. um, and there's a lot of pride I think at that club um, but Selwood missing is a huge factor of that I think yeah I didn't think it was going to affect them this badly but there's a lack of leadership and I don't there. want to pin that on Dangerfield but he hasn't looked great in the first three he, rounds he's been trying to do too much while the team struggles mm. which is affecting his game and I think also his ability to it's lead not bringing effectively. anyone around him um, in like he's trying to do it all which I credit to him, he's trying. Like a lot of people, I think that you couldn't say that for in that team at the moment. But he's trying to change the way players come to the game, wearing fancy clothes. Oh, he's a, <laughs> the less danger says, outside of his role as the president of the players' association, the better. Like I want him to just stop talking. I love I he. He, he gives fun. off big daggy dad vibes. I think that like it's endearing in a sense, but then sometimes I'm like danger to stop talking. It's 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 like borderline. Sometimes it's dorky dad. Sometimes it's fig jam. Like I don't I don't I can't put a read on it. But I hope for his sake and Geelong's sake that he figures out the switch. He was the one that like I would have understood if he retired. Yeah, he completed it. He he finally yeah, that's like true. his destiny was to finally perform his in finals. What I, like I mean, as a footballer <laughs> referred to by <laughs> other people who watched him was to finally perform in finals. Yeah, which he won the Garriers medal and arguably could have won the Norm Smith. He was ridiculous in that grand final. Yeah, I remember and, you wanted him to and win a flag. I think that like after that, it's hard when you're that age and you've had a year, two years of in- injuries like he's had. Um, to come around now as a first-time captain as well uh, and have the extra put on your shoulders. It's a, it should have just been Tom Stewart. I don't understand why it wasn't. It should be fucking Jack Henry. That's what I reckon. Oh, yeah, but he's out for eight weeks, so it's someone else now. Yeah, anyway. Um, also, Tom Stewart, is his, is his knee magic? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. He played really well for someone who had an MCL. <laughs> Baffling stuff. Did he and Rory Lobb see the same doctor? Yeah. No, um, apparently Rory Love was his ankle. Oh, okay. That's what I read online. Well, it's a, it's a still the miraculous turnaround. I, at least he didn't have surgery. If someone says they've got him for surgery, I'm assuming oh, well, that's four weeks minimum. Well, Stuart wasn't surgery, so Lobs was. But Stuart, they said 
four to six weeks. That yeah. was the immediate diagnosis from the doctor. I so guess we'll see uh, Max Gorn. Max Gorn will be back round five. Has so. Chris Scott told doctors to also play mind games now? Is he like... <laughs> I was expecting a late change. I was absolutely, um, before that game, expecting a, a full Chris Scott, uh, Stuart out, uh, Collow in, or Stuart out, Rowan in, uh, late change. We didn't get it. And he didn't do it last year either, so maybe I should stop pretending it's his thing ah, anymore. But as soon as you say that, he'll do he'll, it. He'll do it. I know, he'll get me good. Um... And we all know it was for the worst whenever it would be a Stanley the, laid out. Oh, <laughs> I think of that Collingwood final. Yeah. Stanley, who usually back then only performed against players like Grundy and Gorn, um, and then you drop him for the game against the player he normally plays well against and then just get flattened. What's halves in the ruck? Is it R- Radicalia. Ugh. Radicalia in the ruck, Henderson at full forward was the... <laughs> yeah, that was a drawing, drawing <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I watched that game. And, and the coach we piled it on might be safe again. Bevo, they pulled a, pulled not a safe miracle one, win. If one win makes you safe, Brett Ratton would never have been sacked. Just, well, yeah, it's true. Uh, he won them at the wrong end of the year. you got to win them at the end, I think. No, I sat too far back. You might not have heard that. Who is now <laughs> the, the most dangerous coach? You're going to steal Bevo? It's Bevo and Hinckley. It has to be Hinkley, doesn't it? That's the Adam Simpson's getting the injury excuse again. It looks like yeah, and and they fought at least, and they mm. won. A, they won a game that they should have won at home against GWS. And look, Frio before the season you said would have beaten them easily. The fact that they were in that game was a surprise enough to me. Stuart, do you can just take the tape of the Geelong game into the yeah? Into the he beat the reigning premiers. That's a that's a tick. Um, who else have I missed? Maybe Nick's that showdown win helps, and Nick's that, that's is fine. Good. Um, Obviously, Mitchell's no problems for, like we said, he gets a couple of years to. I, I winning, it but. was really interesting seeing Lee Montagna say that he won't be there when they next coach finals, and I agree. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't think he's in immediate danger. No, I think, like, like no. we say, he gets a couple of years to get that team turned around, not necessarily making finals, but looking like it. He's probably okay. Um, and Clarko's Clarko. His his biggest threat is the. They'll probe. get three, four years regardless yeah, of results. His biggest threat is the probe not being sacked. Mm. Uh, and that's kind of really it, isn't it? Like everyone else is either new or doing doing fine. So, um, no no threats anywhere else really. So yeah, at the start of the season, it, I'd, I would have said it's Hinkley, isn't it? Like it's it really is now at this point because um, that's two awful losses. Yeah, uh, they didn't look close against Collingwood po- or against either. Collingwood or the second half against Adelaide. They got monstered. So. I would have said going into the season there was definitely some pressure on Michael Voss to front up. I remember his yep. second season at Brisbane where it all fell away. Undefeated three weeks um, in, which helps a lot. Yeah. Um, same same thing happened last year, though. Three wins in. Uh, and then they lost round four to someone completely unexpected. Was, yeah. uh, I don't know who it was, but uh, yeah, it kind of fell apart after that. So it will be very interesting to see them front up against North. Yeah, well, it's the two teams again, isn't it? It's, it's Carlton and St Kilda who last year were Really right good first there, half. The first half of the year, both top four. Uh, at the bye. Uh, let's, not, um, let's not speak about it. Let's but not like, I, I, think, into existence. I, I think there's a difference in how those seasons <laughs> unfolded. I think um, St Kilda's game plan got worked out very quickly and their teams just beat them. Whereas Carlton lost, they were the anti-Collingwood. Mm. They lost a lot of very close games they should have won. Um, and they were two kicks away from sixth. So Yeah, and they're uh, winning those close games this year. So. Yeah, so which makes it, exactly, last year they lose, um, they, they lose the draw and they probably lose to Geelong the way they held on to games last year so um it's clearly a bit a bit of match awareness put back into that side which is good to see um who have they got this week they've got north north yeah with no back line aiden core is going to be like single hand trying to fight off a bunch of key forwards at once do they have aiden core is going to man up on what silvani Mackay, and kernel on his own 
somehow. With TDK swinging back down there. That's a terrifying prospect. Um, yeah, but all they need to do is outrun. Yeah, are you going to outrun Mackay the way he's looking this year? Mm. He's flying around the ground. Silvani's always had a tank. He can play on the wing. I, I think it's a really dire situation for North at the moment. Um, and obviously of their own making with Lowe getting suspended, but Mackay being out has been huge for them. Yeah. Um, if they had all three of those in the back line, they win last... Uh, oh. Yeah, they win last week, even with LDU and Simkin out. Um, Who should both be back this week? Talk so. about the late change. That was the closest late change I might have ever seen. Me frantically calling you from my car... <laughs> Just telling you he's out. Yeah, my fantasy team got changed very quickly. I'd uh, rather have left him in, to driving, be honest. Driving <laughs> home at the boundary line report. And a late a late change for North. Uh, David Uniac has a calf complaint. I was like, oh, cry, I'm fine. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yelling at her. Uh, anyway, that was a crazy one. But all in all, another boring... That's two, two pretty boring weekends of footy. Um, it's been a bit of a scrap. Good Friday game, which, Easter Monday game. Yeah, and then the gather round. Some, Maybe we'll get something. Um, at least there's some storylines. Nine, yeah, nine games Easter. in Adelaide. Um, it's it's bizarre, uh, and and no commentators though. Are they, they going to be there? or Are they going to call it from yeah, the no, MCG? If they're, if they're flying Jared Waitley and Robbo in to do three sixty, oh, that's right at Adelaide Oval. They're only going there because it's uh, my recording stopped. It's just you now. It's you just me. All right. By Alice says recording is cut out. That is a great place <laughs> to leave it for the week. You will find us at the back pocket. AU on all of our socials and on YouTube uh, where these videos and uh, audios and uploaded as video. Uh, and we will see you we next have a week. Secret treat for anyone who watches visually this week. That is very true. It will be put in somewhere. I'll put it at the start or the finish so it's not like you got to dive be at through. 22 minutes and 34 seconds. Oh, I'm going to have to do that now. Uh, <laughs> it'll be at 22 minutes and 34 seconds and maybe also somewhere else. Uh, but thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week. Bye.